What's going on guys, girls, and Omnics? You're listening to Know The Lore on the BS Excluded Network. My name is Chris, aka Slurnerd. If you're playing Overwatch on the PlayStation Network, or you can find me at Slurnerd on Twitter. No Lore is a podcast that takes a subject or a story and breaks down all of its history. And this first season, I want to cover a game that I've fallen completely in love with, and that's Overwatch. I'm going to be discussing some in lore history and break down the stories and theories behind each of our current 21 heroes and villains. And to kick off this podcast, I'm going to release the first three episodes all at once. So make sure you download all of them to get all the delicious lore. Plus the more downloads I get right off the bat, it'll help more people find the show because it's going to rank higher in iTunes. So if you do download all of them, thank you ahead of time and hopefully I will live up to your expectations or at least be somewhat entertaining. Okay, so if you aren't familiar with the game, Overwatch is a team-based first-person shooter which doesn't really seem that special on paper, but it was developed by Blizzard Entertainment, which is a game development company that's renowned for games like the Warcraft series, Starcraft, Diablo, and the extremely addicting Hearthstone and Heroes of the Storm. Blizzard games are not only known for their fantastic playability, but also for the amount of personality and lore that each story presents. And Overwatch not only has all of these traits, but many think that it's actually revolutionized the first-person shooter. So I'm not here to get technical about all the gameplay or any of that stuff. There's plenty of other podcasts out there right now that deal primarily with strategy or with news surrounding Overwatch. My favorite one right now is a strategy podcast that is Omnic Lab with Rob and Andres. You have to check it out. It's a great podcast and I've gotten so many tips for playing the game from those guys. With that said, why am I doing a podcast if there's so many good ones out there already? It's because no one's really covering a whole lot of lore yet. There's a few podcasts that have dipped into it. Omnic Lab did one episode. Also, if you're familiar with the Blizzard Watch podcast with Ann Stickney and Matt Rossi, that used to be the WoW Insider show. They typically just do Warcraft, but they have done an Overwatch episode, and they promise that they're going to do more. But I have yet to find a really good show that's dedicated solely to the lore, and that's what I'm here to do. There's only one reservation. And that's that there isn't really much in-game continuity. And that's a huge departure from what Blizzard usually does. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. If you take a look at something like World of Warcraft, it's been following the same path for so many years that the fans know exactly what to expect in these upcoming expansions, especially with Legion on the way this year. We're obviously moving closer and closer to that inevitable showdown with Sargeras, which means that the gameplay is always going to be shaped by that particular narrative until it's resolved. Since Overwatch's gameplay isn't really impacted by the story, it doesn't have any limitations. So just for example, Blizzard could have easily created two sides, just like Warcraft has the Horde and the Alliance, because there really are several characters that are on opposing sides of the narrative. We have Winston and Soldier 76 and Tracer, they're on one very specific side of things, but then you have characters like Widowmaker and Reaper on the other side. However, since they didn't let the story impact the gameplay, we can then play any character we want and create any kind of team we want so we can have Tracer and Widowmaker fighting side by side because it doesn't really have to maintain continuity, which is really cool. Even though the gameplay isn't controlled by the story, It's still a game rich with lore and history for every character and even the levels themselves. 
So let's get started. This first episode, I'm going to give you the background of the world this takes place in and of the Overwatch team as a whole. And in the subsequent episodes, I'm going to start focusing on the particular characters and some speculation as well on characters that we might see in the future. Obviously, Overwatch is a game that's going to continually add new things, so as things are added to the game, I will definitely dive back in and talk about those. But we've got a lot of ground to cover, so I'm going to get started here. So, the lore of Overwatch begins in the not-too-distant future of about 30 years, where Earth has achieved the closest thing to world peace, and now focuses mainly on advanced technologies and space exploration and cool things like that. This led to multiple breakthroughs in the creation of the Omnics, which are basically robots, but with extremely advanced artificial intelligence, to the point where they're basically self-aware. They were first created by the Omnica Corporation in these factories that were called Omniums. And they were used to not only help strengthen manufacturing, but at the same time to create worldwide economic equality. So far, I've only been able to really uncover three specific locations of the Omniums, which include Detroit, Michigan in the United States, a place called Krasnoyarsk, Russia, and the Australian Outback. This act pretty much ushered in the most promising and hopeful era for the world, but like everything, things tend to be short-lived. At some point, the Omniums began to malfunction. There's investigations and evidence of corporate fraud and all kinds of different things going on with the Omnica Corporation that led to them being forcibly closed, though the Omnics still remained a part of everyday life in the society. Although the origin of what happened is still kind of shrouded in mystery, something caused the Omnics to rebel against humanity. So instead of continuing to manufacture goods, they started repurposing the Omniums and started militarizing the Omnics that were coming out. So models such as the Bastion units, originally made for peacekeeping purposes, were now being spit out with all this advanced weaponry and guns attached to them. Now, there's also some talk about another model of Omnic called Titans. And in the Russian level in Overwatch, you can see them kind of in the background walking around. There's multiple sources that say different things about where they came from. Some of them say that they were Titans that were originally created for construction purposes. However, there's also some information that says that Torbjorn actually created them and that they weren't actually Omnics, but they were piloted mech suits, basically, created for the same purpose for, like, urban development. So take it as you will. Could have been Omnics. There is some more information that we'll see later on in some of the other stories that might help us figure it out. But for now, the main thing you just need to know is the Omnics and the Bastion units will come into play later on in the lore also. So to combat this threat, countries around the world started deploying their own arms against the Omnics, but they didn't really gain any real ground. Fearing extinction, the humans of the world began to combine forces and information. This includes the Secretary General of the United Nations at the time, Gabriela Dawe, who used these resources to help form an elite strike team consisting of the best soldiers and technology that humankind had to offer. The original team consisted of Jack Morrison, with agents Torbjorn Lindholm, Reinhard Wilhelm, Anna Amari, someone we only know as Liao, and their field leader, Gabriel Reyes. And this team was known as Overwatch. Overwatch was more than effective and were able to overcome the Omnic forces. The Bastion units were all but completely wiped out. And it should be mentioned here that Russia didn't really want any part of Overwatch and they were actually able to squash the Omnic Rebellion themselves and shut down the Omnium, although we're not really sure at the moment how that all happened or what took place there. Now, prior to the defeat, there were Omnics that opted not to fight against the humans 
And after Overwatch became victorious, the world leaders wanted to live in peace with what was left of the Omnic population. But you've got this group of robots who just led a rebellion. Tensions are still really high. The public is scared of them. So where are you going to put these displaced robots? The Australian government actually stepped up and gifted them the land around the Omnium in the Australian Outback. However, that's going to be another story because there's some definite complications there that we'll get into once we talk about Junkrat and Roadhog. One group of Omnics instead traveled to Nepal to some old Buddhist temples and experienced what they call a spiritual awakening where they took on a more Buddhist type philosophy believing that they have souls which makes them spiritually equal to humans. So they began to speak openly on behalf of living peacefully side by side the human population. This group of Omnics was called the Shambhali and their leader was Takartha Mandata. File that away for later because that's going to come back. In the meantime, the world absolutely had fallen in love with Overwatch. Because of this, more agents were recruited over the next couple decades and the team continued to expand not only to keep the peace, but also going into other fields, including space exploration, medical advancements, and climatology. Some of the second generation of Overwatch consisted of Angela Ziegler, codenamed Mercy, Lena Oxton, codenamed Tracer, Genji Shimada, Mei Ling Zhu, Gerard Lacroix, and a genetically enhanced gorilla with a genius level IQ named Winston. With the new recruits came a big change in structure. Jack Morrison was appointed the strike commander of Overwatch rather than their current field leader Reyes. Instead, Reyes was moved to lead Black Watch, which was like a secret Black Ops version of the team. The only other confirmed member of Black Watch that we know of right now is Jesse McCree. This promotion of Morrison over Reyes struck a huge rift between the two that would only continue to grow worse. Now as time passed, it became harder for Overwatch to live up to the expectations of the public. Lots of problems around the world began to grow again, including the introduction of a deadly terrorist organization called Talon. And rumors began to spread of infighting and corruption within Overwatch. They were accused of everything from negligence to profiteering, to the abuse of basic human rights, and really quickly the world that just a short time fell in love with this group of heroes began to actually hate and despise them. In response, the United Nations began a secret investigation into the allegations surrounding Overwatch, but before the investigation could be completed, the Swiss headquarters of Overwatch was completely destroyed in a mysterious explosion. The exact cause has not been completely revealed, but reports claim that it was caused by some kind of rebellion led by Gabriel Reyes against Jack Morrison's Overwatch team. The exact cause hasn't really been revealed yet, but what we do know is that there was some kind of altercation between Gabriel Reyes and members of Blackwatch against Jack Morrison's Overwatch team, and official reports account for the deaths of both Morrison and Reyes. So, since they are already under investigation, and now with their reputation ruined, their leader dead, and the headquarters destroyed, the UN really had no choice but to officially disband Overwatch. Although the team no longer officially exists, its members never really forgot their duty to the people of the world, and as individuals, many of them continued to help where they could. Although, due to the Petrus Act, signed in France in 2042, they can never again legally act as Overwatch. Over five years after Overwatch was disbanded, tensions around the world again began to ramp up. Russia is already in the throes of another Omnic crisis, with over 15,000 already confirmed dead. 
the terrorist group Talon has been breaking into former Overwatch facilities, stealing tech and information, as well as a lone vigilante calling himself Soldier 76 who's been committing similar crimes. Some former Overwatch members have gone missing, and some have been assassinated. As seen in the short animation Recall, a group of Talon agents led by Reaper infiltrate Winston's lab, and Winston initiates an official Overwatch recall, which alerts all the surviving agents to report in. The first agent to report in is Tracer, and together Tracer and Winston thwart an attempt from Reaper and Widowmaker, another Talon agent, from stealing a powerful weapon called the Doomfist. Tracer also shows up to a rally where the Omnic Monk leader, Mandata, is going to give a speech in effort to quell the growing hostilities that's happening between the humans and Omnics at that time. However, despite Tracer's efforts, Widowmaker gets the best of her and manages to assassinate Mandata. This assassination pretty much catches us right up with the present of Overwatch. Alright, if you like what you heard, please rate and subscribe, and be sure to check out all of the other shows on the BS Excluded Network. On the following episodes, we're going to start getting into my favorite part of Overwatch, which is the characters. If you enjoy playing the game, you can add my gamer tag, SlurredNerd, on the PlayStation Network, or message me at SlurredNerd on Twitter. You should also email me at knowthelore at bsexcluded.com and tell me who your favorite Overwatch character is and what you'd like to hear me cover on the show. I will have certain things that I'm going to hit for sure, but I would like to have some interaction and input from you guys as well. Maybe we can even theorycraft a little bit about what heroes or maps we might see in the future. So thank you again for listening, and as always, keep playing Overwatch, because the world could always use more heroes. Oh my god, that was terrible. Thanks again. Know the Lore is recorded and produced by the BS Excluded Network. Visit bsexcluded.com, that's B-S-X-C-L-U-D-E-D.com. Yeah, it is spelled kind of weird. Check out our other amazing shows, or you can check us out on social media by visiting facebook.com slash bsexcluded, youtube.com slash bsexcluded, or you can add bsexcluded on Snapchat, Instagram, and Twitter. Music you heard in the show is the Overwatch Victory theme remixed by DJ Epicsha. Head over to epicsha.com to hear more. <laughs>